Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ripping off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up for size, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Good weekend, everybody. Welcome back to the Daily Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Williams. You can find me on Twitter at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. We are here back for the week five DFS and betting breakdown with my buddy over here, MLB Moving Averages, John Legaza. John, what is up? Oh, yeah. Dancing in my chair. I'm so happy because I've kept the streak alive. I've still seen every snap of every game. And I really think it helps, man. I don't. I have a really... I've done pretty well this season. I don't know if you saw Matt, I, and a lot. All the information was based off the stuff we put here. I had a little bit of a takedown last week. I hit fifteen hundred third place, and had Odell Beckham caught that pass, I would have taken down the five k in the seventy five dollars single entry. So you know, it the process kind of works. So um, let's do it again. I've been doing pretty good this season. Uh, for, for for everyone listening to the show, I mean, I'm sure you're profiting. I make some ill advised. Um, like GPP uh, bets because I just can't help myself and they're fun. So my ROI for the season is 175%, which isn't bad by any means. I mean, uh, but uh, it would be a lot better if I wasn't just like burning money on these, like, you know, multi-entry, you know, uh, you know, shooting for the stars, GPPs. Uh, But yeah, overall, uh, if if you've been uh, conservative, as we've suggested you be, you're probably in pretty good shape. So uh, we are going to be going over the main slate for week five, like usual 1 PM, 4 PM. And that will not include the, uh, the, the, the the game in London uh, between the jets and Falcons because that's a nightmare. Uh, you never know what the heck's going to go on over there. It could be an eight to two score. You don't have Calvin Ridley. You know, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if anything went on there. So not only should you not be betting it in DFS, uh, I wouldn't be betting it overall. Your, your thoughts on betting those games over in London, John. Yeah, I can I, I, be honest, Matt, you know, I, I have a ton of professional experience betting at this point. I don't like to force it. And I, I don't like the unpredictability that comes with the traveling. And then these two teams in particular are unpredictable, the Jets and the Falcons. It was just like you, we were saying before, there's no way to tell which way this could go. Both of these teams have shown us upside on offense and then total implosions on both sides of the ball. I'd rather just leave it alone. You know, I'll be watching. It's my jets. I, they may have a chance to win and the board reflects that at plus one twenty five, but I'd rather leave it alone. Hey, I, I have this going anywhere between Kyle Pitts season, uh, you know, game of the year, like, you know, hundred yards, two touchdowns, or I could see the jets just completely rolling the Falcons. <laughs> so again, don't bet this game. You, you, you mentioned Pitts, somebody that you and I were both pretty high on coming into the season. And I know he's already caught the label as being a disappointment. And from a fantasy output, I would say yes, but again, not to beat the dead horse, me watching the games, he gets targeted in the end zone every single game. And he's like the first option on the first play in the red zone there. He, uh, uh, Matt, just a little bounce here or a ball six inches lower there. We'd be talking about Pitts having three or four touchdowns already and looking like a superstar. So, yeah, I think the ceiling game is coming. And hey, it, by the way, everyone go buy low on Calvin Ridley. 
everyone was freaking out already. And now that he's not even usable this week, someone may be like even more prone that was down on him to trade him. Everyone thinks he's having this brutal season. And if anyone who follows me on Twitter already knows this information because I tweeted it out, Calvin Ridley is two. Count them two targets from the NFL lead and only one red zone target from the NFL lead. That's what you want to see, folks. And the Falcons are going to continue to throw the ball like crazy. So, uh, yeah, if you're in need for a wide receiver, yeah, go find the Calvin Ridley uh, manager right now because if they're down on him and he's not playing this week, uh, you may be able to pry him away. Yeah, the 27% target share says it all. He's a superstar, and I think those season stats are coming. Matt, let's dive on in. Let's do it all, right? It's fantasy. It's betting. It's DFS because I think – That's where you have to attack these markets nowadays. You and I know these markets are extremely sharp, at least as far as the betting market, and now DFS too. So let's dive on in. First up, I got the Saints and the Washington football team. Everybody, we're going to be going by the DraftKings. Let's call it Team Banner, right? When you're setting your lineup, they have that nice and easy to read board that goes left to right. That's my favorite way to read it, Matt. Let's do it this way. We got the Saints. Favored by two points on the road in the nation's capital. This is really a whole bunch of stoppable forces and movable objects. The Saints offense has really been stuck in the mud. People are really upset about Kamara's usage. Listen, it is what it is. They're playing close to the line of scrimmage. I actually tweeted out Winston's uh, pass chart the other day. They're playing close to the line of scrimmage. They're playing power on Kamara. They're using him like a power back. So, there's a saying we have in Wall Street, Matt. You can either, you know, be right or you can make money. Right now, the people chasing the nine Camaro receptions, I just think it's ill-placed. I wouldn't go there. I'm kind of off of Camaro to the Saints offense, Matt. It's been bled near the bottom of the board and everything, and they move at a snail's pace, 32 and a half seconds per play, last in the league, and the 26.9 yards per drive. That's like last in the league. The Washington defense we thought coming in was going to be really good they have not been really good 42 yards per play allowed per drive that's near the bottom of the league right so something's got to give and in particular i think you got to circle the washington pass day i mean it's just been atrocious matt hard to believe 28 completions per game allowed 300 yards per game allowed and i got into something new for everybody this week these kind of directional targets for the passer and Matt check it out Washington team D against the number one receiver allowing 12 targets per game worse than the league 94 yards per game that's like bottom three are the Saints gonna turn it up this game I mean that seems to be the path to do it but all they've shown us so far is a bunch of power I and Kamara breaking career highs and carries per week Man, I don't really know where I fall on this one. I, I, I'm I'm a little I'm a little reticent to even get involved in this game, to be honest. Yeah, hard avoid. <laughs> hard of hard avoid. You're mentioning that there's information you could try to take advantage of versus the Washington uh defense. And the, the fact of the matter is the Saints last week had 10 players with at least one target. Ten. Uh, yeah. You don't know where they're going to go with it. They don't have a true one. Like you said, Alvin Kamara, it's not like he's been bad. Uh, no. For some reason, he's transformed from Austin Eckler into uh, super Austin Eckler into uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> for some reason, they feel like they're just going to ram the ball down your throat. At 8,600, he's still expensive, but 
uh, for GPP purposes, Camara is kind of matchup proof. So if you wanted to go that direction, you can get a stud for probably low ownership because uh, I don't think many people will be going this direction. So you can go that direction as a matchup proof player. Same with Terry McLaurin. I wouldn't stack him by any means with Heineke, who I think was a good play last week. And this one, it could be ugly, but McLaurin could do plenty of damage on his own, especially since Heineke literally forces the ball his way. Uh, me and you talked before the show, Ricky seals Jones. I mean, not that yes. any of these are good plays. He can right. be had for like the, almost the, the, the rock bottom price of what two twenty five hundred. So, uh, you know, they, they targeted Logan Thomas quite a bit and, you know, Taylor Heineke is, if he's going to have his hands full at any point, you know, he's an easy target. If he finds the end zone once he pays for himself. Uh, so if you're trying to fill up, you know, your roster with other players and you just need something 2,500 for Ricky seals, Jones is probably one of the best bets for a, a punting uh, flex as you can possibly get. Uh, but overall um, I avoided, I'm avoiding this game probably entirely. Uh, honestly, the Ricky seals Jones uh, play is is probably the most appealing because again, you don't really find usable assets at 2,500 too often. And uh, he should see enough targets to at least create the opportunity for a return on investment. Yeah. I, I love that play. I had mentioned it. And I think this is the time of the episode because I know there's some people saying, but why, (laughs) but why? And it's just from an opportunity cost. And I always lay out that kind of multiplier theory, Matt, that I talk about that four times theory, people, if you take the salary in terms of thousands and multiply it by four, right? You start with 50 K you want to get to 200 points. It doesn't matter what the raw score is. If you can multiply that salary, by four, you're going to pace 200. At $2,500, Ricky Seals-Jones only needs to go five for 50 in order to pace you for 200 points. So for me, that's really all I need to hear on that one because how much separation is there from him and guys in the 3,000s? I don't really trust Hooper or Ingram on the Giants. I know people are going to be going after the Giants, but if Ingram is not getting it done when there's no one on the field, I don't think he's going to do it now with Tony. I will get to the Giants later on. I just, I, yeah, people just, I'm, listen, if you're looking for low, you could really aim really low. So Matt, I'm with you on this one. I like the hard avoid call. That was kind of the, that was kind of the, the feeling I got from this one. All right, we can move it on. It's the Patriots nine point favorites going to Houston. Oh man, Matt, I really liked Houston, believe it or not, when they had Taylor at the helm because they kind of fit a lot of the betting I don't know. They go against a lot of the biases, right, that I like to go after. People automatically think Houston's really bad. Well, right now, Matt, Houston is really bad. I think the obvious question here is, listen, it should be obvious. you got to fade the Houston offense. I don't even like Cooks because I think Belichick will remove him. So my question for you is, as bad as the Texans' D has been, the Patriots are really – they're really kind of a slow-moving offense. They keep it close to the line of scrimmage. They get a lot of first downs. My gut is telling me to go back to Harris here, running the ball. Again, Belichick, he's pretty open about his strategies, and he doesn't mind abandoning phases of the game. And I think that's what we saw. You know, they were playing – they played Tampa. So we saw Harris without – and the Saints, right? So it was the top two defenses, the two teams. If you were going to sacrifice the run, you would. So my question is, does New England go back to Harris on the ground? Is – Brandon Bolden, the new James White. 
And can the Patriots put up enough to cover nine points? I think they're going to win, but I just don't really see them as a double digit cover team. They don't, you know, they don't move fast. They don't, it's just not their style. Go ahead, Maddie. Yeah. I, I mean, here they, yeah, I wouldn't bet this game by any means Uh, in new England, especially with Belichick, you never know when you're going to get a total snooze fest out of him. It's true that Jacoby Myers is having like a strong season, but that's kind of, I think isolated to him alone, not any kind of a stack. So I think Damian Harris could be fine. They could get up. They could get up by, you know, a, a, a comfortable lead. And I think Damian Harris, um, is someone that I would take a shot on because JJ Taylor is someone that everyone was excited to take over James White role. That wasn't the case. It's Bolden, except I don't trust Bolden. So I think I Stevenson and Taylor will get involved. So in the end, I would say that uh, Damian Harris at 5,500, I'm, I'm perfectly happy uh, putting him in there. You know, he can find, I can easily see him finding the end zone in this one, maybe even twice. Uh, yeah. The only, the big question here is what to do with tight end because Houston just their defense blows against tight ends. Uh, they've allowed at least four catches to every single tight end they faced this week. The big question is Hunter Henry or Jonu Smith, Henry at 3,700, Jonu at 33, um, you know, it's kind of bounced up and up and down. Jonu Smith's uh, snap share went down dramatically in week four from like 55 and 55 snaps in week one, only 28 snaps in week four. But when it comes down to it, he had three red zone targets, which was the most on the team. And Hunter Henry only had the one. And as far as total targets last week, uh, Hunter Henry had six, Jonu Smith had five. So, yeah, you can attack that, except you're kind of flipping a coin, which I hate to do. You could certainly take advantage if one of them happens to pop at that price, but I think overall I, I'd rather just avoid that. It's a good matchup, except you just don't know who's going to be the guy. So in this game, um, I don't really like much. I, I do think that Damian Harris at 5,500 is a, is a fine play. Who you could fit in. He's definitely got the game script. He's got a good matchup and he's got a good opportunity to probably find the end zone. So uh, everyone else, I'll definitely be looking to probably go in another direction. All right. I got one last question to this game. And I, I guess it's two is one. Would you agree that Brandon cooks is a fade? I mean, he's getting all the work, but I just don't even see it happening. They're going to get smushed, I think. And so that's an easy yes or no. The second one is Jacoby Myers. So, Matt, and this is DFS in particular. I don't feel like his DraftKings price at 5.6 has caught up to what we've seen as far as production. I mean, 9 for 94, 8 for 70, the last two. That's a lot of catches, man. 17 grabs is a lot. He's leading him across the board. So, 25% target share in a year, right? That's what you want to see. That's a check, big check mark. 32 and three-quarter percent of the, of the air yards on the team. You want that. The A dot is a little bit low and maybe that's the turn off at seven and a quarter, but you know, he's at 300 air yards again for the season. So do you like Myers? Cause that's kind of where I was trying to lead you to see if you thought new England would kind of look to open the throttle a little bit and your tight end play probably plays more into their more general style. You know, new England plays close to the line. They're kind of protecting back a little bit, not to say the babying him because he he's excelling. He looks very good in that role. So can you play cooks? And do you think Myers at the price for the opportunities is a good justification? No, I'm, I'm fading. I am fading uh, cooks for the year. Yeah. Uh, as long as Mills is in there. Right. Uh, I, I think that his, his uh, season stats are misleading 
uh, compared to what he's going to be going forward. Myers, I'd mentioned when I was going through my whole thing, he's, he's a fine play probably any single week as the alpha on this team. His a dot is low basically by design. Cause Mac Jones, they, they just rather him kind of, yeah. um, you know, play lower, you know, close, closer to the line of scrimmage. I, I think, yeah, I think he's fine. I not one Can of my favorite. stack him though. Can I, we stack no. like Mac? I would never, I, I would never put yeah. Mac in a, in a lineup. Yeah. I, I, I think his, uh, I think they're going to play too conservative for him to ever air it out. Even right. if um, I, I actually like uh, Algalar this week, I think that he could see a lot of targets. Uh, but again, I think that it's between the tight ends, Damian Harris. I, I think they're, I don't think they're going to find the end zone enough uh, to probably stack here. I, that's why I like Damian Harris so much. Cause I think that it's probably going to end up being a little um, more boring than people think and very low scoring. And I think that they'll just end up running the ball. The t- again, the tight ends could see the ball in the end zone as well. So I just don't think there'll be enough. To, to stack anything. Mac Jones is someone I'm definitely, at least at this point in his career, I think it's a little too conservative. I think that you can play Myers by himself, but I definitely wouldn't stack him with Mac because I think outside of Mac and Myers, there's nothing electric for him right. to really uh, carry Mac by himself because yeah, you want him to team up with Myers, but this isn't like, you know, stacking him up with like an elite, uh, an elite quarterback and wide receiver. Look at um, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, Devontae Adams has been amazing and they have this great connection, but starting Rogers on a weekly basis, um, even if you were stacking them with, with Adams is a terrible idea. And uh, so this is more of a simpler version of that. Uh, but yeah, just to show you, if you stacked Rogers and Adams as great as Adams have been, it would have been a mistake every single week. Yeah. Good point, man. That's why I like to work with you so much. It's a really good job. I was like taking notes. Listen, people, we're, you know, I, we don't just talk it. I'm, you know, I'm in there playing it, man. And man, I've had such, such success working with you. Come on, Matt. Let's go next. We got the Detroit Lions. They are so supremely frustrating, right? They're so electric at points. And then other times flat in their face, they're winless at 0-4 against the Vikings. Wow. I had like double check one and three. I thought they were a little better than that. They're probably one of the better one and three teams, but there's been some issues that the defensive line has really been an issue for the Vikings, Matt. 4.95 adjusted line yards for the defensive line of the Vikings. That is really bad. And it's reflecting across the board, 135 yards on the ground allowed 4.8 running back rush yards per attempt. Yikes. That's all near the bottom. D- Detroit's not bad running the ball. You know, we've seen it's been more Williams and I, I was always hoping we're going to get more swift than we have because you mentioned a key word for me playing fantasy football and daily is the word electric and DeAndre Swift is electric. I think you could play him any game. We know the Vikings are going to be looking to win this one. Detroit has struggled on defense. Man, really just across the board. Defensive line, really bad. 5% rush DVOA, 133 yards allowed. 36.5% past DVOA. Those are all really bad. 9.8 yards per attempt, 15 yards per completion. The number one receiver going off for 105 yards per game. This one has the total up at 49. A lot of the totals are a little bit lower this week, Matt. We had a bunch of in the 50s. This week, not so much. This is one of the higher totals, and I think it probably makes some sense. I don't think I could bet it, even with Detroit. Detroit's getting 10 points. I think they're going to play a little bit closer. They're also kind of a backdoor cover team because they can, you know, just score late. They've shown it against San Francisco and a few other teams. So, man, is this the blow-up game that we're looking for? Is it, man, is it Swift and Jefferson? Is it just give me everybody or what? Yeah, I'd be fine. I'd be fine kind of going everywhere with the Vikings. I think every every single um, 
anything you can, any combination you can think of would be fine. I think Cousins, you could stack up easily with Thielen and Jefferson. Yep. Jefferson is obviously bounced back to the player we thought he was. I would probably fade the rest of the group. You'd just be getting cute um, by going with Osborne. <laughs> right. I, I think I think that Dalvin Cook, a lot of people will be um, maybe a wary because of how he's been. Uh, because of the last couple of weeks, at least with the injury he's been dealing with, I think he's back to good. I think the age. Hold on, hold on. This is a good one, Matt. This is a big one because I know people are wondering this. I want your, I want your opinion. Yeah. How do you see? How do you see the workload this week? Last week split pretty much down the middle, but again, Cook kind of working back. Do you think he goes back to lion chair, or do you think they stay with the easing because you can't pay up for Cook if you think he's only going to get? you know, 13 touches. And this isn't a single entry uh, piece of advice. This is if, you know, you uh, if you're playing multiple ones, I would try to get a piece of cook because I think there's a very good chance he goes back to the line chair. And if he does at 8,400, I think yeah. the, uh, the, the, obviously the ceiling is sky high and I think the ownership will be quite low. So Dalvin cook, if you're doing multiple lineups, absolutely get a piece of him in there, but you know, stacking uh, going with any of the wide receivers is perfectly sharp. Uh, Deandre Swift is interesting because yeah. how sharp he's been, uh, averaging 17.2 fantasy po- fantasy points per game. Jamal Williams at 13.3. Would it shock you for me to tell you that uh, the better player this year has been Jamal Williams? I mean, I, I sold him short. And again, watching these games, he looks fantastic running the ball. And I just mentioned Minnesota struggles on the ground. Detroit has to know that they don't – I don't think they're going to want to get into an aerial shootout. They might understand there's going to be points scored. Right, Matt? So, no, it wouldn't shock me if they come out with Williams early and often to try and even if it's just to eat some of that clock, that could be a really sharp play in a big tourney going Jamal Williams at 5.2K. I I love Williams in this game. And again, I'm not trying to uh, talk anyone off Swift. Swift's amazing. I mean, he leads the team in red zone targets tied with TJ Hawkinson. Uh, That that's uh, in the air. Uh, he's second on the team in total. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's tied for the team. Tar- he literally is the target share leader on the team, tied with TJ Hawkinson. So Correct. he's almost a wide receiver one. Uh, basically, uh, on the ground, it's Jamal Williams. You look over like PFF, uh, Jamal Williams uh, rated as the 79.9 uh, rushing, Swift only 63.1. Overall offense, including everything, Jamal Williams 77.6, 67.9 for Swift. So there you go. Um, <laughs> I mean, literally, Jamal Williams actually is um, the uh, the superior player so far this season. Again, they count fantasy- blocking, maybe. They they count they count a lot of things. Uh, Jamal right. Williams, though, again, blocking 30.6, kind of brutal. Swift 19.7, very brutal. So that yeah. definitely holds him back. Uh, run blocking basically the same that was pass blocking the other one so and run blocking they're basically essentially the same it's just um in fantasy people like to ignore real football because you want to see results on the field but the right. truth of the matter is real football matters because that's what keeps you on the field and that is what kept him on the field when he was on the packers um you know being a complete football player and that's what held aaron jones back which by the way i love that they're not ramming aj Dillon down everyone's throats which i did say in the uh, preseason not to expect mm-hmm. that. And I did say that I thought the game script would give AJ Tillon a good opportunity last week. Hopefully you listened. He was a good punt play, but um, yes, I like, I like J- Williams Swift again, not trying to talk anyone off 6,100. He's pretty much always a good play as yeah. someone who has the opportunity to be maybe the number one player in fantasy at any given week. But yeah, I think this one is a nice cook game. Uh, go with the Minnesota wide receivers overall. Nothing here is my favorite. 
Uh, all of them, all the plays I said are completely usable. I think Jamal Williams at 5,200 is pretty sharp, but again, Damian Harrison, only 300 more 5,500. We already talked about him with new England. I'd much rather go this direction. So, uh, I've wasted all my breath here to say, I like a lot of these plays. None of them are my favorite. I won't be playing anyone in this game. Does Detroit have any chance to win this game? Yeah. Uh, division game, you know, <laughs> anything can happen. I, I would say I could see Detroit hanging in here. I could also see Minnesota completely blowing their doors off. I think uh, this is going to be a popular game for people to chase down for survivor. Um, you know, like uh, those kind of um, what do right, you call right. those kind of matchups, because I think this is a game where you, you try to get, you know, get cute. It's also one that's, you know, could easily eliminate a lot of people. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll pick the Vikings to win. Um, what's the, what's the line on this one? It's, he- it's way, too, it's way too heavy for me because it's, it's 10. The Vikings are, are favored by 10, 10. Oh, oh yeah. Minus, I the lions <laughs> minus four sixty for the money line. The reason I was asking about the lions, yo, easily, if I like a bet on this board, it's, it's lions plus 10, but there it's plus three fifty five for the win. Generally not something Listen, it's generally not something you see in a division game. In particular, I, get, I don't know, people are so down on the Lions defense. The, the Minnesota defensive line is in shambles. Huh. It is not good. There is a chance. Uh, you know what? And again, I, 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 I hate to say this because I, oh like I, I skipped a player. By the go, way, go, go. I, I have to. No, I actually one of my favorite plays of the entire weekend is here. I just no I, skipped, I skipped over him. Uh, yeah, it's TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I, I think that some of the, the shine has come off of him after his big start. Mm. And for some reason, people just sure. forget how great he is. Yeah, 5,500. Uh, he'll be one of my uh, higher-owned uh, players the entire weekend. TJ Hawkinson, for the, the, the reasons you said, with the, the defensive line, maybe the pass rush being a little down, I think Detroit's going to have to catch up in this game. Um, absolutely. TJ Hawkinson, I expect him to eat and eat big. Uh, I love him in this one. I don't think Minnesota has any way of completely stopping him like some other defenses. So yeah, TJ Hawkinson all the way. Oh, that's that. You know, that's a pretty good play again. You know, Matt, I'm a, bring him from wall street, man. We don't, you can't always look for continuation. You got to buy low. Sometimes we saw it, you know, what eight grabs in consecutive games. And then it kind of fell off a little bit. So yeah, I think I mean, for the target share, that you're getting right. You already mentioned he's tied with Swift, but he's got over 19% of the air percentage over 200 uh, air yards. You know, I, I, I like that play also tight end this weekend in particular is kind of a tough sled, you know, so without Kelsey, that's just, everything is, you know, everything gets scrambled then. So we're going to have ownership we'll probably be pretty flat. It's Waller at 7.3 and then down to Kittle, 5.6, Hawkinson, 5.5, five, and Gronkowski is out at 5.4. So, yeah, there's a couple of shelves there. I actually do like Hawkinson in a game if we think Minnesota gets ahead. And remember, I, I have Justin Jefferson as one of my favorite players this weekend. I think he's an $8,000 receiver, and the price hasn't caught up to him. So I'll definitely be starting him. Thielen always really scares like... me. That little that little bastard's always catching touchdowns. <laughs> oh, Thielen? Yeah, he is. I know. I know he is. He really is. He, but yeah, I got I got the matchup stat, the 104 yards per game against the wide receiver one. So give me give, give me Jefferson. I know you're right about field. It's really unbelievable. No, hey, they're, well, they're, my mind's more of a it's just embedded in my brain. This is not me well, looking at a stat sheet. It's just like ah, I just know Thielen's going to catch a touchdown. All right, one. So last thing before we go. So I think you can run Cousins, Thielen, 
and Jefferson, if yes. you were going to run somebody back, would it be Hawkinson or Swift? Hawkinson. It would be Hawkinson over Swift. Yes. Okay. Even I feel like, yeah, I guess the Hawkinson ceiling is higher because we've seen where they can go. I mean, I le- le- I mean look at last week, he still led the team in targets. Uh, the two touchdowns went to Kelly for Raymond. Uh, you know, give those two to Hawkinson and you have a smash week. Uh, yeah, I think people true. just, I think just Hawkinson is just as safe as they come with a, with about as high a ceiling for a tight end every week. Um, you know, outside of Waller, who could obviously see 60 targets a week. Uh, but yeah, give me, give me hot. Okay. Next up. Oh, we're going to have another 10 point spread. And this is funny people. Cause I think there's just a little bit of perspective always in the betting board and like how the public views these things. So we just talked about the lions and you know, we, maybe they had a chance to win. And if they could keep it within 10 and the Vikings really struggle on defense, that being one of the things that I look for when I look for money line underdog upsets, Matt, and it's been, you know, it's worked. Pretty well, and it makes sense. The Dolphins are on the road going to Tampa Bay, and they're also 10-point dogs. I'm not sure how the Dolphins are really bad. I, you know, if this I was, game was, I was in Miami, this, I'd be all over it for Miami. Oh, my goodness. I, well, I, I don't think there's a more lopsided matchup on the board. Miami, you know, lowest in points per game, yards per game, yards per play, yards per drive, drive success rate. Rush DVOA on offense, adjusted line yards at 3.5, only 78 rush yards a game, less than four yards per attempt by running backs. Pass offense, really not any better, 140, uh, 174 yards per game, 7.5 yards per completion. Those are all, like, right at the bottom. Tampa Bay D is uh, – it's it's weird. It's weird because, I, like I mentioned before, offenses, Matt, have just abandoned the run. So you kind of have to be careful using Tampa Bay run stats now at this point because it's not even like they're stopping people. They're just not applicable, right? They should be N slash A, you know, every just across the board. It's insane, 48 rush yards a game. So Miami really not strong on the ground running, like I mentioned. So I guess they're going to throw the ball a ton. So here's my question for you is Tampa – is the Tampa Bay – Pass defense bad enough to let the Dolphins do anything. They have not been effective through the air. I don't know if I like anybody. I've been liking Waddle just in general because he's been cheap, and there's a possibility for him to break when he hasn't yet. But we've seen an insane amount of targets and all that stuff, even though the A dot is, like, negative. Uh, Gasicki's kind of come up. He's the other tight end I like this weekend at 4.2. So I think that's my question is, is anybody viable against this team? And are you viewing the Buccaneers pasty as like, that's it. It's like a, a doormat, right? Like we're going to, they're going to get run, um, not run, but they're going to get passed all over. All right. Starting with Miami. And there's not a lot to like here. I, no. I, I think he can take advantage of Tampa Bay's defense through the air. I wouldn't go with Jalen Waddle, who only had four targets last week. Yeah. Uh, a dot of around 3.8. That's not what we want to see. Uh, Devontae yeah. Parker, I think at 5,400 is fine. Uh, you know, he's, he's a high target wide receiver. Um, and he's, he's averaging a, a, a little over 60 yards per game. If he finds the end zone, that could be worth it. I'm not playing him, but if you're going to, that's the way I would go. Uh, if again, uh, betting wise, man, if this game was in Miami, I think I'd be all over betting the dolphins, Tom Brady, after like dominating the first couple of games, he's only thrown one touchdown over the last two yeah. games. And now he faces the dolphins who in the secondary, they're not bad. Um, they're actually pretty good on the yeah. ground, maybe one of the worst in football. 
Yep. Uh, they allowed the likes of future Hall of Famers, Peyton Barber uh, <laughs> and, and Damian Harris to shred them to pieces. Jonathan Taylor also did. So last week, uh, Fournette was the guy, like almost yeah. bell cow. So I think that if you want to go with someone maybe at 5,200, Leonard Fournette is a fine spot uh, there. The only thing is I don't trust Arians. Uh, he has a couple other guys in that backfield. Um, Ronald Jones is always hitting around. So I never know when he's going to screw me. So I'm going yep. to, I'm going to avoid that. Like I said, I like Damian <laughs> Harris uh, at Houston a little bit more, but for net, I think at 5,200, um, I think he'll be a little chalky to be honest. So oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, there'll be a very, very high ownership on Fournette to shred this Dolphins defense to pieces. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I think he could, right. Especially if they get ahead. I, I, I am with you that I don't know if this is like a 41 to zero throttling, but even once they're up, once Tampa is up, you know, 17 to three or something, they could just start getting, you know, beaten between the tackles. Yeah. I, I don't, I couldn't touch the dolphins. I actually, I don't even know. Do you think, yeah, uh, I think, think the best play, I think the best play in this game is in Fournette. I think it's the Buccaneers defense at 4,700. Oh yeah. Okay. Wow. Paying, you know, paying up for defense now, uh, it's a bit risky, right? Because you're paying, but it separates you so much as far as ownership. Something I've really been focusing on, people, and it's it's no coincidence that adding that element to my game, you know, is what's gonna is what helps you start to cash. And I think I'm gonna have to feed for net just because of that, because of the ownership. I think it's to be through the roof. And I think for similar pricing, I'm going to go with Damian Harris that we mentioned before, Matt, because I think the volume is a little more short. I think the ownership will be a lot, a lot lower. And I'm just going to hope that they haven't settled on Fournette, you know, as the guy there. What about, so the, the Tampa Bay pass offense, you know, I'm not really too interested either. It's not, it's not like it's cheap. So are you kind of just leaving that alone? It's funny. I say this every single week. One, I said that the Dolphins uh, are not as easy to throw on as you think. And two, I hate investing in these groups that have multiple wide receivers that can catch yeah. the ball. I just hate it. They can go anywhere. I don't yeah. like going with Cincinnati. I Although yeah. Tyler Boyd, you know, if, if you have like a high target guy, it's okay. But I don't like going with, uh, I hate going with Pittsburgh. I hate, you know, when they were healthy. Right. I just, and, and uh, in Tampa Bay, it's just, they can uh, Evans, Godwin, Brown, any of them can rise. Any of them can completely um, go to sleep any given week. Therefore um, I, you know, I like to play in those single entry contests, try to play GPP with a cash game mindset. So yeah, I like to eliminate risk and that is just, you don't know where they're going to be looking in a given day. So, I mean, I've given up on that crap. Okay. Well this one, I think I have my first like bet of the week here. Because uh, people, you know, this is what's going to happen with the NFL as we get through the season. Lines are going to be sharp and getting sharper. This one, I think, I'm under. I'm surprised to see the total up at 48. I, I, I generally think about like a 31 point ceiling for the winner. 48 man is 31 17. How do we get the? Do you see this one? How do we get the 48? How, I'm not sure how this one. No, no, under. Yeah, so I think I'm I'm way under on this one, people. So I'm actually gonna. I don't generally bet totals. I will bet unders because I feel like it's more of a skill bet than overs. You need this more. Feels to like a twenty-seven to ten game or thirteen. Yeah, th- again, yeah. You and I are always so locked in. Again, I'll even go with max score thirty-one. This is thirty-one. 10 like at, mo- at most i have you know and that's 41 we're still a full touchdown off and that's 31 from the box i mean this one could be 30 34 I mean, seven arians does like to like 
blow you out. So there is that. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, he's like, got a, he's got the Steve Spurrier gene in him where he ain't going to like, all right, just all right. Fournette, take it from here. Now they're, they're probably still going to be hammering, hammering the, at home, but still, I mean, I still don't see it. See, uh, I think that was my worry. Also the, just the way the analysis works out. Miami kind of struggling with the run defense. We're looking at Tampa Bay being ahead and them showing the ability to run a little bit. You know, they have Tampa Bay has not, they're not putting up like gaudy rush numbers, but they have been kind of effective. You know, the rush DVOA is in the negatives. The adjusted line yards is over four and three quarters. Those are really solid. They just don't really have the attempts. Less than 20 attempts per game is going to give you the 72 yards per game. Those are near the bottom. So, yeah, finally got my first bet. I don't think Miami has any chance of winning this one. I think Tampa Bay probably covers it, but I don't know if I'm really there. If I had to take one, I could see going. I'd probably be, if I had to pick a side, it'd probably be Tampa covering the 10. Next up, Matt, your Chiefsheads, the Green Bay Packers, are favored by three, going to Cincinnati, another high total. This one's at 50.5. I've led the dance a few times. Why don't you take us away on this one? Your insight on Green Bay is always so good. All right, so there's there's some shock here. Um, shock I have want nothing to do with. Uh, Samjay Perrine is, is uh, you know, Everyone knows everyone quote. Everyone knows the green Bay rush defense is bad. That's it's one of those things you just attack every week, death yeah. taxes and, and stack against the green Bay uh, rush defense. Uh, Samjay Perrine comes in at 4,000. Unfortunately, the same price as Chris Evans, uh, who is his, uh, the, the rookie backup who I actually was looking forward to taking for like 2,500 this week. Uh, but you can't do that. Unfortunately, no. uh, you know, it only, you can only stack against a bad rush defense. Typically if you're good, and Perrine's not good. I don't know what everyone sees in that. I expect him to be uh, some heavy, heavy, heavy ownership because of, uh, you know, whatever, 4,000. But again, you can get a very qualified running back for not too much more. So I would completely stay away from that entirely. Uh, you don't want be- it at all? No. I, I think, I mean, for a guy that doesn't have a ton of talent, He's going against a defense that's not actually as bad as people make it out to be. It ain't like it was right. last year. And I think that without Jair Alexander, um, you know, the, the the Packers tried to go out there and uh, who they from New England? Uh, Stephen. Uh, uh, Stephon Gilmore. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they tried to go out and get him. He wanted an extension. Then he ended up going to the Panthers. They have no answer here. Jair Alexander is out. Kevin King is still in. I expect Joe Burrow, who has looked a lot better of late, even though everyone's still giving the Green Bay defense as being, um, you know, kind of conservative with allowing passing run uh, passing yards. But I think that they will be able to be thrown on quite a bit as long as Alexander is out. So, and also as Darius Smith is out with a back injury, uh, I think this is a sneaky spot to take Joe Burrow. I even said that I don't like to pay up uh, for wide receivers in a trio, but uh, T right. Higgins still banged up. Tyler Boyd is a target machine at 5,300. Jamar Chase is only 5,800. I could go with any combination of that. I could even go with uh, Chase Boyd and Burrow. I actually think that that is completely fine. This game is in Cincinnati. It's not in green Bay. So even though I think green Bay does win this game, I think that that's a sneaky option that some people won't be going in that direction completely. Uh, over on the Green Bay side, you can never, ever, ever go wrong with Devontae Adams at 8,200. It's it's kind of well, like – Well, you went wrong last week. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, 
the thing is the Bengals have have actually been kind of tough on quarterbacks. And like I said, Aaron Rodgers is one of those examples of why there's no auto stacks with number one wide receivers. So um, again, I won't be using Adams, but he's always uh, completely viable. I think Aaron Jones is a fantastic play at 7,900 because a lot of people will look at this really? and see that the Bengals defense only allows 60, around 64 re- rushing yards per game. But they uh, they're also allowing quite uh, they they're not really defending uh, pass catching um, running backs that well. Adding right. uh, they're allowing about eight catches, about fifty receiving yards per game. So sixty four and, and fifty, add them together. <laughs> I'll take that average for sure. Aaron Jones is basically the wide receiver two on this team, and is if you uh, if you think about it the correct way and don't judge him as purely a running back. I think that this will be the Aaron Jones show versus Cincinnati. And I think it could even be his biggest game of the year, even after that monster showing in week two. So yeah, I think Aaron Jones is, is even at 7,900, one of my more favorite running backs of the week. If you're looking to pay for one. Wow. Okay. So before I go, I love the Bengals stack. If you had to run it back with one packer, is it Adams or is it, is it Jones? I know people would automatically say, well, the run back has to be a wide receiver, but not according to your necessarily your argument, because you make a very good one about, first of all, Jones plays all the time and he catches the ball. So if you had a run back with one, who do you like better? Jones. Yeah, just because of the pure involvement. I mean, it's pure involvement, everything. Well, yeah. and he game, game script has great, he's game script proof so far. Like I said, right. last week, I thought they'd be up and AJ Dillon would get involved. I expect this to be a little more competitive. So I think that not only will be involved, you know, he'll be running the ball. He'll be catching the ball. He'll be doing a little bit of everything. So it's, yeah, he's such a, that's, he's such a great player. (laughs) Yeah. So this one, this one is interesting from a betting perspective, right? So I mentioned the Packers are favored by three on the road. That minus three is costing you minus 120. The money line is minus 150. So people, I always stress before you bet, Look at the board and just do the simple just do the simple math and see this is a perfect example of a game you would never ever pay to cover that because three points for 30 bucks is ten dollars a point. You, you you just you pay that juice again. Cincinnati's pretty good and they're at home. The defense has been good. Man, I don't know if I could touch this one. Matt, I've been betting underdog money lines all year, and I've been doing well with the Bengals. Man, plus 130, it's pretty tempting. I wish it was a little I wish a little, little juicier. I don't know if they're going to make my top four picks. You did a really good job breaking this one down. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic so, – the over-under is 50, right? The over-under is 50 and a half, I'm seeing. I, I think that's a beautiful line because, honestly, I think the final score is Packers 34, Bengals 27, which it's, you know puts it right at 51. Yeah, and man, <laughs> you need so much for that to happen. Yeah, oh yeah, but that's I guess why you bet. Possible. That's why. You, that's why you don't bet the over ever. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm just saying. I like, props to Vegas. I just they blow my yeah, mind yeah, every yeah. week with how well I think they do by setting these freaking lines. Yeah. Oh, it really is. It's unbelievable. And again, as the season goes, they only get they only get sharper. I, I don't know, really know where I lie with this one. You know, I I thought I was fading Jones. You made such a good argument for him kind of being, you know, script dependent and even more so, again, I mentioned ownership. So I'm going to have to circle Jones also. I think he has a spot. Um, Adams Adams is the question, right? Adams is always going to be the key. The Cincinnati pass, he has not, they have not been great. You know, allowing 27 completions a game is 
near the top, but a lot of the other stats are low. You know, only 230 yards per game, six yards per attempt, 8.6 yards per completion. Those are all near the top because they're sacking the quarterback. You know, they have 11 sacks. Is Green Bay going to allow it? Ah, man, I'm not sure. They, they protected Rodgers, and he has just one of those unbelievable feels for pressure. You know, you've been watching him. He's incredible. So this one's this one is a scratch of the chin for me as far as betting. I think, again, man, you, you're really right. That, that, that total is so sharp. I wish it was a little bit higher so I can go under or a little bit lower so I can go over at 50.5. I don't think I would touch it. I do think I like the Packers to win this one. All right, I think we can move it on. We got another one, man. Every time the Broncos are on the board, I'm like, wow, no one would have predicted this. The Broncos are going to Pittsburgh. Matt, it's a pick em. Go figure. Although, I don't know. If well, I, I think that like has a Denver. lot to do with Drew. I think it has a lot to do with Drew Locke. <laughs> well, I think Pittsburgh should be favored with Drew Locke. I don't, I don't like Pittsburgh. I've been betting against them. I've been betting against Pittsburgh all season. But again, I watched the Broncos operate. They're a much different offense with Locke. He is not nearly as efficient. Uh, as Bridgewater, who was, it was, it was excellent, really. I mean, I don't know how to put it. You know, you don't need gaudy numbers to be good when you run that kind of offense. Again, the, the power eye, the two tight ends, they're running between the tackles, they're keeping a close line of scrimmage. Matt, something you and I talk about a lot, play action, something they feed off of. So watching Denver after he went out, Locke looked extremely uncomfortable in that offense. It's not his style of play. At the very end of the game, Matt, they moved to shotgun. Hurry up. You know what you expect. But Denver then started moving the ball. And I couldn't help but wonder, what are we going to see this weekend? Because we know the Pittsburgh defense can be stout, at least on the ground they've been. And teams have been able to get to them through the air. Pittsburgh has a positive pass DVOA at 23%. They're allowing nearly 260 yards per game, 11 yards per completion. Those are all near the bottom. Is Denver going to try and open it up? I, I, is that what the market is thinking at least? Or you think the market thinks Denver is going to impose their will on the Pittsburgh front seven and then also that the Pittsburgh offense is dust? That's a lot to happen. Again, Pittsburgh at home. I, Matt, I think they get it done. You know, I'm buying low here on Pittsburgh. I don't think they're great. Minus one, you know, minus 110 for the pick them. That's where I'm going, man. I just think Pittsburgh gets it done. The over-under set at 39 and a half, as low as she goes, my friend. No one expecting a lot of offense. How do you see this one playing out? You were starting to talk. and I'm like looking up the over-under just so I could scream, smash the under. But of course, of <laughs> That's course, so low. Vegas is really sharp again. So low. I, they can't even allow me to bet the low. It's so now, low. Hold on. Now, now even so, 21-17 gets us the under. I know, you, but with Roethlisberger and Locke, yeah. they could totally go over on defensive yeah. touchdowns alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that call. Dude, I love that. That's great, man. I love that. No, I mean, it's serious, though. I mean... I'm not playing anyone in this game. We can move really? on. I, I thought about Noah Fant because at least he'll get yeah. a lot of targets. Uh, be, you know, but um, you know, that uh, that Pittsburgh defense is really tough on tight ends at 4,900. Why wouldn't he go to they 55 are. on Hawkinson? Najee Harris, he yeah. gets a ton of looks. But I mean, the Broncos, not only do they shut down uh, running backs through the ground, they shut them down through the air too. Uh, there's nothing to see here. I mean, you can try to go get cute with maybe Locke and Sutton downfield and, um, you know, GPP, if that hits, you know, 
congratulations. That's right. how you win some of these things. So yeah. uh, I think that maybe is a is a, a thing you can try if you're a multi um, if you're a multi lineup guy. I think that uh, yeah, Lock and Sutton is certainly something that could work. I mean, Pittsburgh gives up points through the air. If I'm yep. not mistaken, they've given up like the fifth or sixth most points to wide receivers, so they can be gotten to. Um, but overall, uh, this is a big and no in thanks. particular, Matt. In particular, if I could build off your point, in particular, to the number one wideout. Again, I, I, I've kind of added that into that matrix that I built. And if anybody wants, I do provide it for free. I put out a, a weekly cheat sheet to help me kind of balance all this stuff. It's so much info. But we're talking nine targets per game, and over 75 yards to the number one, you know, those are in the top third. It's not like they're getting run out, but yeah, if, if Denver takes that higher paced play, you know, higher pace of play again, they were near the bottom in, in pace, if not the bottom 31 seconds per play, you know, and that's mostly Bridgewater. Yeah. I hear you, Matt, with leaving this one for fantasy. What about, what about betting? I mean, are you off of the Steeler at home narrative? Like you've just completely abandoned this now, because if you don't like Pittsburgh at home, as a pick against Drew Locke, you're never betting on Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't bet it. Uh, I can't. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger has been so bad, and the Broncos' defense is so good. Yeah. And Drew Locke is such a wild card. I mean, this is good news, like, again, for Sutton, because he's not going to be peppering low ADOT targets. Uh, he's going to want to go downfield. Yeah. I could see this, this, this game could be a, uh, again, this game could be decided uh, by defensive touchdowns. I'm not even joking. I know that's yeah. not something you would ever bet on, but uh, there's too many things that can go wrong and right in this game that I don't right. think any kind of home field advantage is necessarily going to help the, uh, the Steelers because, you know, as much as Najee Harris is going to get touches, that is kind of the cream and the, that is kind of like the bread and butter of the Broncos defense to shut that down. So yeah, I'm not, I'm just not confident in this. I agree that if the, Steelers lose this at home, you know, uh, their season's over, but I, you know, isn't it kind of already? Yeah, I think, man, I think it is. And he aged in front of our eyes and it's funny. I kind of walked into it a little bit. Again, we spoke in the preseason, all these skill pieces were going so high. Then Ben showed up, you know, skinny and he did not have the Vlad Guerrero effect with the weight loss. Although, you know, he's uh 15 years, his major. So, all right, I'm fine leaving that one alone. I, I, will, I will say, just so no one thinks I'm disrespecting him, I mean, I love Javante Williams. In season long, uh, Javante Williams, uh, Deontay Johnson's always a must play. We're talking DFS here only. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty yeah. of guys here that you just got to play. Like I said, Najee Harris, I don't expect good things. Got to play him. So don't make me – don't don't take any of my uh, right. information I'm off Javante here. this weekend. I, I don't – I want Did you see that backs. run? Did you see that run he had Oh, last he's week? so good. He's oh so God. good. Yeah, and it's just I want those guys to be part of better functioning offense. And it even extends to somebody like Swift. And the Lions are better than this version of Denver. And I'm a little weary about going that direction. You know, when they both have threats, right, Williams and Gordon. Yeah, I'm just I'm just off it. All right, let's move to the next one. One of my two of my favorite teams that I've been betting on this year are meeting up. It's the three and one Panthers going to. Oh, I'm sorry. The Panthers are at home. My apologies. The Panthers at home hosting the one and three Philadelphia Eagles. Matt, I love those Eagles. I was telling you, I thought Hertz was a you know QB one, regardless of how, almost how the team was, and he's been really good. The price is starting to pop up. So yes, Jalen Hurts to the moon. The question I think that everyone has that Philly is a three point underdog on the road, right? So. 
anybody with any experience will tell you that's uh, pretty close. That's almost right. It's almost a pick them home, home team kind of starts with three points. So my question for you is not so much if you think the Philadelphia offense is really good, because I'm not sure they're really good. My question is, if you think the Panthers defense is really good now, the stats would say yes, 16 and a half points per game, 250 yards per game. Less than five yards per play. Those are near the league league. Less than 23 yards per drive. Only two minutes and 20 seconds per drive. Less than 64% drive success rate. I mean, negative DVOAs, both in rush and the pass. 155 pass yards per game. But, 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 the big old but on this one was it was Jets, Saints, and Texans. Three of the worst. They met up with Dallas, and Dallas moved the ball freely. I mean, Dallas being one of the better offenses. So what what ends up shaking out here? Because I've heard both sides. I've been listening to some content, and I've heard Carolina defense kind of bounces back, exposes the Eagles. I've heard we've seen the Carolina defense exposed, and it's fly, Eagles fly. Obviously, McCaffrey is talking about playing. I think that's the ultimate wild card so i wouldn't bet this one until i knew that for certain so i think we should table the betting talk but for dfs play matt is hurts and the eagles especially you know i love devonta smith been playing all year are these guys viable or are the panthers a shutdown defense i i mean jalen hurts shredded up atlanta and dallas and the chiefs defense so let's i mean let's not give the eagles offense a lot of credit i get jalen hurts got shut down by san francisco and he still put up 21.8 so hurts is going to score in dfs and fantasy no matter what but i'm not giving any credit to this eagles offense like it's good because it's not not. my opinion i think it's very bad um the thing with did you did you see they had like three touchdowns taken off the board last week yeah, and that it was one, absurd. It's, it's their it's their own fault. You're right. You're right. <laughs> they, they, you're people right. say taking off the board as if the refs did it to them. They did it because they only scored because they they had to cheat to do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, right. I mean, I'm just saying sometimes people will will give that to an offense like, oh, they should have had it. They should have had it. It was an illegal play. Get it out of your mind. Um, oh, you're but right. uh, you cannot go wrong with uh, with Jalen Hurts ever. Right. He, his floor is great. No matter who he's playing, he can struggle and he can still score. Uh, I don't. You said the ca- the scoring is uh, the the pricing is catching up to him, but it is not caught yeah. up yet. So at seven thousand, go ahead. Jalen Hurts is great. The big problem is you'd love to pair him with Devonta Smith, who is again still not being properly respected at fifty nine hundred. You said there's a wild card here with Christian McCaffrey. There's another one we talked about him earlier. His name's Stephon Gilmore. He was just traded. And how could he possibly know the Panthers scheme? Is he going to play? He could, because there's something very simple. They can whisper in his ear. Hey, go shadow Devonta Smith. There's no game plan required. Go shut this guy down. He does it consistently. He's one of the best in the football at it. Again, if you know, I don't know what to expect there, but it's enough for me to like, want to wait until game time to see what's up because it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past the Panthers to just tell Gilmore to go take Devonta Smith out of this game, which of course, if that happened, the Eagles are dead, like on arrival, they got nothing. I don't think Dallas Goddard's going to be dragging him across the, the finish line here by himself. Uh, Jalen Hurts going to put this team on his back and run down the field. Uh, there's a lot. That That's what it sounds with. like, huh? Yeah. And then, and, and, and you said, Christian McCaffrey, we don't know what the heck's going on with him. I don't want anything to do with this. The only guy I feel comfortable with is, is the safety blanket DJ Moore, who's literally good to go versus anybody. He only, you know, yeah. he's going to get 900 targets. He's going to catch half of them. 
Uh, and uh, <laughs> I think, I think he's perfectly safe. Other than that, man, I, I don't want nothing to do with anyone else. There's too much. Again, you can't even trust Darnold, you know, even though he leads the league in rushing touchdowns, if, if Christian <laughs> so McCaffrey's back, it, it throws a, it throws uh you know, a wrench into the deal. So uh, if, if Gilmore's out, I would consider uh, taking advantage of maybe a Hertz Smith stack. Um, okay. I want to see what Gilmore's doing because I know that sounds crazy. He may not even play, you know, uh, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure he will. They, again, shadowing takes no preparation uh, other than just, you know, seeing, you know, just looking up your, the, the one man you are covering. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I'll take DJ Moore. This is one, definitely more one of the more confusing games of the weekend and, and actually one of the ones I'm most interested in watching because of it. All right, question with DJ Moore. And it, it extends the players just up his ilk, which, uh, again, agreed, 1AA, total beast, best fourth-round pick ever, right? Eight grams each of the last three, touchdowns two of the last three, over a buck ten each of the last two. Is there just a point where you have to just sell the rip, right? I often talk about buying the dip, Matt, and most people know what that is, right? Buying when you think a price is suppressed for its value. Is there a point where you just get away from it for the sake of getting away from it? I have not yet. I've been playing more every single week. Eagles past the, at least on the books, is not bad. You know, 22 completions per game, only 204 yards per game, 9.3 yards per completion. Those are all really good stats. You know, they're near... They're near the top. I want to check the number one, and they've they have not done great against the number one. It's been the number one that's done damage against the Eagles. The eight catches for ninety yards. Yeah, I don't know. So I guess my question is: Is more just every week until it doesn't happen, or do you ever expect these superstars to kind of bottom out? It happens. I, I mean, again, I, I should say I'm not playing more. I'm completely happy doing it. I'm not because again, the quit. The- oh, he did not make your cut this week. So if you're a single entry, he's not on it. No. Uh, I mean, again, McCaffrey, I have to see if McCaffrey's in that changes a lot. Um, Robbie Anderson oh, okay. got the squeaky wheel game last week, saw 11 targets after only seeing like two, three and six. Uh, but DJ Moore, I feel pretty safe with like 11 targets, 11 targets, 11 targets every single week. Uh, but again, against the, in this game with so much up in the air, about what the freaking Panthers could possibly be doing. I, 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 I'm not too sure about it, but I think at 7,500, that's maybe a little expensive for me to take DJ Moore at face value um, with, with so much else. I mean, you have a guy like for 1000 less uh, we'll get to him next game. Uh, AJ Brown, <laughs> Julio Jones is out. Uh, I, I mean, I, I cannot see spending 1000 more on DJ Moore when AJ Brown has the run of the field to himself versus the Jaguars. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's that. We're going to, yeah, look, we, that one is next. We call that one a segue. My last question on the Carol Panthers and Eagles is, man, I think I like, again, this is another one, but only t- $10 um, point there. Um, I think my question is this, Matt, right now the Panthers are favored by three. If McCaffrey like practices in full, how much do you think he moves the line? Uh, this game's in Carolina. I'd think it's I think Carolina. Yeah, probably. I mean, he probably moves it up to like six. Yeah. So I mean, a few. He's probably the only. He's one of the only players in the league that's not a quarterback that I would ever ask that question about because generally it's it's nil. But I, I think he makes. I think he just makes that much of a difference. What I was getting at is, if you like the Panthers and you think he's tracking towards playing, 
now is the time to hit. That's what I was getting at, people. You know, if you're going to get on the Panthers train, now is the time because him not playing was already factored in. So market expectations changing would probably change the price. Let's get into the next one. I know there's going to be a ton of interest in this one. Tennessee Titans going to Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know, man, what happened. I don't know how the Titans lost to the Jets. I watched it. It was hey, it was every Derrick Henry was still a smash play. It still worked. Yeah, I got I know I got that, but it was it was everything that a team could do wrong on both sides. The Jets did everything they could to lose it. The Tennessee pass defense is the worst. It's the <laughs> war. Oh, it's the worst. I watched that game because again, people were jacking up Zach Wilson and how great the Jets look. Oh, they did not look great. They did not look great. That was a function of how bad the Titans D is. Let's get into it. Titans D allowing 28 points per game. That's near the bottom. Oh, man, is it bad. It, oh, it's so bad. Pass D over 265 pass yards per game, over eight yards per attempt, 13 yards per completion. Those are all near the bottom of the league. Yikes, Matt. The one thing the Jacksonville Jaguars do is they can pass the ball. They the season stats are not necessarily there because we've seen them get squashed at points by much better defenses. When you face Arizona and Cincinnati back-to-back weeks, you're getting a healthy dose of defensive lines and dudes, a super beast. You know, the Tennessee defense just doesn't have that. So I wonder if you think what I think, and we need to be stacking the Jaguars, right? Chalk is out. We saw what the Jets did. I think I'm going like T-Law, Marvin Jones, and Chenault. And then you mentioned a fantastic piece. Doesn't that make for the perfect run back? So as you were talking before, I was like, this is the one. This is the one. This is the one to go T-Law, Chenault, Marvin Jones, run it back with AJB. Talk to me that. Absolutely. This is, uh, I guess, a weekly, my weekly bargain basement stack of the game is absolutely the Jaguars. Uh, Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, Tennessee has allowed the most passes of over 20 yards in the entire NFL. And Trevor Lawrence, uh, as a matter of fact, is third in the league in uh, average depth of targets. So (laughs) Trevor Lawrence is like, oh, thank you. Uh, That makes a perfect stack, obviously, with Marvin Jones. But yeah, you got to love Lavushka Chanel at only 4,800. Stack them up. The only thing is uh, James Robinson is 6,000. I'm not too sure because I still intend, uh, I still expect Tennessee to win this one. I think that with AJ Brown back in the lineup, they are probably going to have control, which will make it a Derrick Henry game. Uh, uh, one reason I'm not stacking Tannehill with AJ Brown or like Ferks or anything is I think that uh, this is a couple of standalones on Tennessee. I think you take Derrick Henry at 9,000, which I won't. I like other plays enough where I'm not going to pay up there. He's never an issue though. You pay up by all means he will probably be worth it but you know uh, at nine thousand, he really you can't afford for him to not be uh, uh you know derrick henry in order to pay that off uh so yeah give me trevor lawrence marvin jones um and chenault uh again marvin jones only 5700 and then uh yeah definitely give me aj brown and only 6500 there's no one else they don't have yeah, anyone else yeah, he, that feels like a misprice. You're so you're you're behind him 100%. You think he's healthy, full load, the whole line. Absolutely, yeah. He's he's practicing in full. Julio Jones is out. Ferks are blows. Uh, there's nothing else there. Uh, 
I mean, it's, 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 it's beautiful. You can try to get cute. Some other, some other person was saying that they were going to stack Tannehill Brown and, uh, and Henry cause Henry's catching balls. Don't do anything like that. Uh, you know, stick with the numbers. I mean, I would, I would stay AJ Brown's a good standalone. Don't stack them up with Tannehill or anything. And yeah, the Jaguars, I think will be shockingly strong. Uh, James Robinson is, like I said, I, I expect them to be from behind, uh, at 6,000, he's not a bad play. This could certainly be a closer game because Tennessee has not play, played well. Uh, so you can, you know, can always invest in James Robinson at 6,000. But in general, I'm not too excited about that one because I think they will be behind. They will be throwing constantly. Uh, so, um, I mean, he's, again, 6,000, perfectly fine play. But I would rather just go with the, the passing attack, the straightforward passing attack on Jacksonville. All right. I wanted to get to one thing about Derrick Henry. He's very polarizing, of course. He's phenomenal. I think he's the best cash play, of course. He probably has the highest floor of anybody. My problem with Henry now is is the price and the production to that multiplier that I bet, you know, was mentioning before, Matt. When the price gets up to 9,000, very simple math, multiply by four to pace 200, he needs 36. Well, guess what? He's not doing that. Who? No one does that. <laughs> Hold on. He, he did. He he actually he does once. do that. <laughs> he did no. it one time. Well, yeah, he well, did that, it one time. I think I, I think I mentioned I was breaking it down. It's just if he's not perfect, Derrick Henry, he's not even worth it, and the chances of him returning what you need are slim. So yeah, I'm. On well, he only, yeah, he only did it one time. He did it by a mile. I get it. He did it by a mile. That brings up the average. But against you know Indianapolis, I'm not sure how much you'd ask him for. Right, you got. 28 carries, a buck 13, he caught three balls for 31, and he falls short. No end zone, 22 points. He fell way, he fell way short, way short. That was 8,600, but he still needed, you know, over 30. He needs 33 when you multiply by four. Then it's the Jets, 33 attempts, 157 yards with a touchdown, plus two catches, 29 points. Matt, he fell short. Let, People, me, ask it you, becomes let me ask you a question, difficult. John. Um, yeah. This is pr- real, like practical numbers we're talking. What do you think the odds, not not in reality of who has a better chance of doing it, but just a pure chance of it happening? What are the odds of Derrick Henry actually scoring twice in this game? I mean, it's probably got to be like three or four to one. The, uh, the, the my, my, my point there is he's 9,000. Uh, James Conner is 5,600. And right. I... I, I I'm not saying reality of in your mind who has a better chance, but I think in actual math, uh, there's not a huge difference between Connor and Henry finding the end zone twice in this, in uh, that's this fair. week. Um, that's, I think that is, again, it, th- not, this is not meant to piss anyone off, but it's reality. Oh, Connor, Connor's it's reality. getting, Connor's getting all the red zone looks. Yep. Um, Henry's obviously going to have all the yards, but in terms of actually finding the end zone, there's not a huge difference between a guy like Connor and a guy like Henry, but there's at 9,000, that's what you need from Henry. They erase the yards. The yards right. mean nothing. You need yep. him to find the end zone for 9,000 and he needs to find the end zone multiple times. And that, no matter what kind of game you have is impossible to predict uh, and, 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 and irresponsible to, uh, to bank on. So right. I can't, that's kind of the point here is no matter how good Derrick Henry is uh, you can't pay up for that much safely. Again, it's if anyone can do it, he can, but that's just a very high price to pay. 
Yeah, I think I think whoever you may have pissed off because yeah, you dug a little low with Connor. I get it. Well, yeah, I meant I meant to. <laughs> maybe, no, no, I get that too. But maybe maybe a much better like true analogy that you could actually use again would be Damian Harris because yeah, Damian. now I'm going to give you a player that has a chance at the hundred yards with the, uh, Damian Harris has the same chance at two touchdowns as that Derrick Henry does. Damian Harris costs less than James Conner. Right. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Right. God, James, so, so, Damian Harris is such a good call this week. Damian Harris is one of my favorite calls, if not my favorite call. And again, man, Matt, I have been so immersed in this that I'm sticking with what works me. I'm that's that's where I'm going. Um I, I hit Henry the right week. I managed to have cheaper players that I liked. And you know what? That ended up being what burned me because you know I chased, I was part of the uh Westbrook Akinye crew, the dummies that did that. All right. So do you think Tennessee covers this one? You like them to win outright? And how about that over at 48.5? Sounds like you're thinking there might be a, just a, a ton of scoring, especially if Tennessee gets ahead and Jacksonville goes into catch-up mode. This one looks like we could go over this 48.5. Absolutely. I, I could see this being uh, Tennessee gets off to a lead. Jacksonville kind of uh, d- gets a little mid-garbage time catch-up. Tennessee has to put their foot back on the gas. Tennessee okay, Jacksonville continues to try to catch up. I could see this being a sneaky shootout for sure. Yeah, yeah. The Tennessee, the Jacksonville pass the really awful, one of the worst in the league. Fifty-two percent pass the VOA over three hundred twelve yards. Hey, and as bad as Ten- yeah. as bad as Tennessee is, they've they've actually been like a couple of bad throws, uh, a couple of plays from here and there from actually having a couple of wins this season. Uh, so yeah, they're not, they're not- you know, I was I was a little disappointed. Uh, because I, I get, I think I expected more carryover from from the line, and it turns out that you could be really effective at run blocking. I mean, I know they have a very good runner, but they are good at run blocking. You know, adjusted line yards and all that stuff. But Tennessee not protecting the quarterback at all. I think they've allowed the most sacks in the league, Matt. Seventeen sacks and a double digit adjusted sack rate. I mean, that's it's awful, and that's why you're getting they're getting into so much trouble. It, it, that would be the one to hold them back. But Jacksonville does not get to the quarterback. I, I'm with you. I think this one actually does go over. I generally don't look to go over numbers into the fifties, but I to me this one starts at like twenty eight, twenty eight. You know, so I think we're over this one. All right, next up, again, why don't you lead this dance, Matt? We got the Chicago Bears, five-and-a-half-point underdogs going to Vegas to face the Raiders. Low total here at 44. I think it makes sense. Both of these are two of the slower-paced teams. I was one of the suckers who thought, you know, I was a donkey and I didn't think Fields was going to be any good. They let him rock and roll, and he, he he did look really good. They changed the playbook, so I don't think I'm even looking at Chicago stats. Are the I don't know, man. I just have questions, Matt. Or, or the what do you think about the Bears? Or is Vegas for real? Just go. I, I've ended up almost off this game completely. Yeah, I, I, there's one guy that stands out, and the fact that he's going to be so chalky is going to have me off of him. Uh, is Damian Williams because it, they had Josh oh, yeah, Fields out? Right. They had uh, they had Justin Fields out there last week, and it was nothing like we expected to see. They didn't. They put a governor on him, and they didn't let him run. Uh, they kind of like went con- full conservative, and it was the David Montgomery show. Now he's out. I know a lot of people are very interested in Khalil Herbert, which I like him long term, but I think this will be the keys are given to Damian Williams, and I think he'll be driving. So I think they'll continue to be somewhat conservative with Fields. Uh, in GPP, you can always try to go with him and Mooney or Robinson and get cute if you want. It's not the smart thing to do, but again, if you're going for a million dollars, you kind of have to be crazy. 
back on earth though, if you're playing uh, DFS <laughs> and you want to win money uh, in a responsible way, I think Damian Williams at 5,600. Again, I like Damian Harris at 5,500. He's my guy this week, but at 5,600, I think Damian Williams um, is a fine play. Uh, Vegas has given up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing running backs this season, almost 20 per game. You could easily see him finding the end zone multiple times. You know, <laughs> you've got to go all I, the way back to 2019 for a game where, where he was really good. He really was, didn't do much of anything. Well, yeah, but how uh, other that. than the Super Bowl where he should have been the MVP, uh, when has he been given the opportunity to really be the guy? Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Well, I, I, I meant to put back before I forgot when you had mentioned Pete, Samaj P. Ryan. And last year he had, a, he had a really good game at the end when he got the opportunity. Although, yeah, that, that, that was another. Again, uh, but again, 5,600 Damian Williams. Everyone, your grandmother will have her have him in. Yeah, that's see, that's really it, right? It's it's uh it's it's definitely chalk city here. So uh that's that's one reason why I probably won't be going that direction. Uh but yeah, I can't argue it. Um other than that, yeah, I, I don't like it. Uh I know Derek Carr is having a fine uh year. I, I'm not gonna really be stacking him up with rugs or anything. Uh uh Darren Waller is always safe. Um, he's, he just gets enough work where it kind of doesn't even matter. But again, this year, other than week one, where he had 19 targets, he's had seven, the last three weeks, 11, 10, 15, which is fine, but at right, 7,300, that shit ain't worth it. Um, That's so yeah, I'm off everything. I think Damian Williams is a smart play for all the reasons the entire planet will be playing him for. Oh, I have a question for you. I know I'm surprised you actually didn't bring this up because I, I know you cite these sometimes. So Vegas has really struggled against the tight end. One of the worst over nine targets per game, over 70 yards per game. Ah, man, do you think we see the ghost of Cole Komet? I mean, <laughs> there, well, there's been, we mentioned one before with Ferkser and I, I get it. You know, late tight ends are very easy to struggle. Up. Like I get it. You know, that's part of the game that we play. We say now Cole Komet 2,700. I mean, and it's something that Vegas has really struggled with. Do you think maybe he's maybe he's a value? You like him better than Ricky Seals Jones? Not Doesn't say really. Much. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't say I, much. Honestly, if I wanted to roll the dice, I'd rather go with Ricky Seals Jones. I'd rather go with like Cameron Bray, even though he disappointed everyone last week. If Gronk is out, I'd rather go that direction. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't really want anything to do with this. You know, there's some numbers there for Komet. I hadn't really looked. Fifteen uh, percent of the target share, seventeen percent of the air yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, a dot at eight, you know, which is, you know, it's probably what you would expect from from tight ends. Allen Robinson's only eight point one three. Oh man, I wonder. I, I wonder if I talk myself into Komet there. I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing a Komet versus Seals Jones thing. I just I feel like Komet is that higher upside. I was hoping you were gonna. I was hoping you were going to dig it, Matt, but you, you're not digging it. makes me like, you know, it's funny in this same exact game. I almost like Foster Moreau more than I like Cole Komet. Oh, that would be, now that would be disappointing to go commit and get Moreau. That would be not, that's not cool. I don't want that. I think just to avoid that. You're not a fan of the Island of Foster Moreau. Foster, (laughs) you know, no, no, no. The the problem is (laughs) I just don't want to, man, I don't want to lose to that. I really don't. I really love the island of Foster Moreau. <laughs> All right, hold on. Um, back to the game, the betting board. Um, the five and a half feels like it's placed correctly. What about the the totals really low at 44? I I, I know Vegas loves pace of play, and I, I mentioned they both they they you know the Bears move slow. The Raiders don't move slow. 
this one feels like we could, these are the overs I generally like to go for, Matt. I mean, over 44, you know, 24, 20, we got to push here. That's not, you know, that's not a ton of action. Are, are you with me? You think I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards the over. The only would, thing would is like the, the, the Raiders run game just sucks. And I think that the, I think that they're going to get to Derek Carr and uh, give him happy feet. Uh, so I, I do. I, I mean, I, I actually want to bet. I almost want to bet the under on this, even though it's priced perfectly wow. to make you want to do it. Which yeah, is yeah. Pro- it's a trap is what it is. Um, it, it, you know what? You know why I won't bet it is I don't know what to expect out of fields. Last week, they were completely conservative. If they take the uh, if they, you know, if they kind of take the restraints off of, you know, his, you know, p- you know, the playbook around him and they kind of let him loose a little. I think that he could be I don't know what to expect. You know, I mean, he could be amazing. Uh, so, yeah. it, you know, we're only looking last week where they kind of have him in this like, you know, completely like almost the demo version of a video game. That's the playbook they gave him. Um, so it's hard to expect out of Chicago. So when I'm looking at what I'm expecting out of the Chicago uh, offense in conjunction with how I think the rest of the game script is going to go, I don't I, I want to bet the under, but I will stay away because the Chicago offense, we could get anything. I mean. It, it could yeah, be zero. It, it could be zero. It could be 40, you know, yeah, now, I mean, the, uh, with fields any week could be Allen Robinson week. He could score three times this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that was going to be what I was going to ask. I was going to ask if you, I was going to ask if you felt like maybe you had a beat on the wide receiver room. Obviously a Rob is the bigger name with the higher draft costs. And it's hard for us as a you know market to shake that off where in reality, something I talk about all the time, particularly with young quarterbacks, continuity and who's going to be the favorite is not predetermined, right? The, the quarterback's yeah. favorite target is not determined by ADP. And Mooney seemed like the guy. They have the bit of connection. They went five for 125 yep. last week. So you really wouldn't stack that. But I think – see, so maybe this feels like a GPP kind of play, right? Like a bear, yeah. Like a bear stack is a GPP play. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. It's I, I think that if you're going for a million dollars, you can. The only thing is, even though this is a shot in the dark, and I don't care what any analyst says, this is a shot in the dark. If you are advising people to do this, you're doing it on blind faith alone. There's actually nothing to suggest this will work. You're going on a possibility. I think ownership is the only yeah, I think yeah. the only valid argument would be the market is low on the total at 44. People are unsure. I mean, all the great analysis you just laid out. So people are uncertain about the Bears offense and the thinking being, if this one gets away with the ownership, I mean, you could go Fields, Damian Williams, and Mooney. I know you love yourself a cheap stack, Matt. That's a pretty cheap stack. Run it back with Waller. I mean, pretty cheap all around. Yeah, the only the only problem I have with it is I don't think – I think it's inexpensive, but I don't think it'll be low ownership. I think – Oh, really? I – this is a Tim Tebow effect. People love the shiny items. And I think that yeah. uh, fields will still be way higher ownership than he should be, which will take away from the allure of you doing it. But again, if I had multiple lineups, I'd probably take a shot on this. I mean, it's an exciting thing to see. Uh, I do. I do believe that. Uh, yeah, I do believe I'll probably roll out a, a fields, a, a fields lineup out there. I, I, you know, whatever. I don't have any confidence in this. But you know what? I, and again, I, I love, you know, we vocalize this stuff because I know people often, you know, everyone kind of does analysis. Not as many people talk about legitimate kind of actionable strategy. So for me, being kind of a single entry player or a three max kind of player, I wouldn't go that route. What I have been doing that is because I love that idea so much, I'll put that in the $3 
100K tournament where the risk is almost close to zero. But if you hit, then it's like, oh, wow, you know, I didn't. Because what kills me sometimes is to think like, I, I mentioned it, it went off, but I didn't play it, right? So you kind of get the FOMO going on. So I think the $3 tournament is a great place for me to kind of purge, right? To purge that degeneracy a little bit. Well, but, here, you know, last week versus Detroit in like an unbelievably good matchup. Uh, Justin Fields went 11 of 17 for 209 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, only three rushes for nine yards. Let's say last week he went 11 for 17 for 209 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, but... He ran the ball 10 times for 75 yards in a touchdown. Um, again, mediocre passing, still got that rushing floor. Uh, this week, he costs 5200 What do you think he would cost if he ran those 1075 with a touchdown? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think he'd be up to 65 Yeah, he'd probably, yeah. He'd be, he'd be almost up to what Justin Herbert costs. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's funny how that, it's really funny how that goes. We've seen that happen earlier on in the year. I'm thinking about guys with missed opportunities that got punished. Emmanuel Sanders was like that, right? He had some missed ops. And it's then you, you find, if they let him run, this is a completely different story right here. Yeah, I know. And, that's, hey, yeah, that's, and, and after he runs, you'll never question. get this discount again. Yeah. That's a great, that's yeah, a great point. We've seen, I mean, he looks, he's so fast when they let him kind of open, open up the engine a little bit. The week before, when he came in as a replacement, he looked shackled. It was like handcuffed. It was so. I, I'm just worried about what we're gonna get. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move it on. This one, yeah, that, that one's really hairy. I think there are places for GPPs for it. All right. Next up, this has got to be the must-watch game. The Browns are going to LA. Three and one Chargers. Three and one Browns. The Browns are actually underdogs. They're probably the most right. This is probably the best underdog as far as. Skill goes. Another one of the things I like to look at, Matt, when I'm betting underdogs is just who are the best teams that are underdogs, right? The Chargers were the best team as an underdog when they beat the Chiefs. It's just a good way to do it, right? To get your money behind quality teams. Now, it is pretty close. The money line is at plus 115. I would not be looking to cover this one. Chargers favored by two, minus 135 on the board. I don't know. I guess the story of this one is going to be the run game, right? So I think the biggest disparity on my sheet here, Matt, is Cleveland rush offense, which we know very good. 15% rush DVOA, five adjusted line yards, 177 yards per game, over two rushing touchdowns per game, all near the top of the field. Chargers D, though they're good, it's mostly concentrated towards the back end of the defense, the secondary Charges Rundy, not good, allowing nearly five adjusted line yards. That's bad, allowing 139 rush yards per game, more than five yards per running back attempt. That's going to be the big matchup there. And then we kind of see the same on the flip side. The Charger rush offense, not very good, three and a quarter adjusted line yards, only 80 rush yards per game. I know they were hammering – Eckler to the middle. I don't think you're going to get it this week against the Browns rush D minus 44 rush DVOA, three adjusted line yards. I mean, the, the, there couldn't be a bigger disparity up front, Matt, on both sides of the ball in concerns to the rush game. I am kind of surprised that that has left Cleveland as the underdog. I think Cleveland wins this one outright, though I do think it's close. So where I'm going, if the market does believe the charges are a true favorite, I think Nick Chubb might be one of my he might, he's probably my favorite RB1 play. Like, if I was paying up where I said I'm not paying for Henry, I think I would pay for Chubb. Sub 7K, 
I think the big game is this one. And I think we might even get a bit of some low ownership, right? He's had at least 21 carries each of the last two, averaging maybe 92 yards a game across those two games. We had the 100-yard game. We just haven't gotten the touchdowns. Are you with me on this one? Do you think Cleveland can take advantage of the Chargers in the trenches where they've had the clear advantage? Yeah, uh, you could definitely run on the Chargers. Uh, they've they've averaged giving up, what, 114 rushing yards per game. The right, only- that's the running backs. You're right. Yeah, I, I was actually have the total. You have the running back yards, yeah. The uh, the uh, the only issue with Chubb is his Kareem Hunt is there with him at 5,800. Uh, he's on pace for almost – I don't know, over 180 rushes, about a thousand rushing yards, yeah. uh, 500 receiving yards, maybe like 13 touchdowns. Uh, I, I like him too in this That's one. That's crazy. Oh uh, so, I mean, I, I actually, for, for the sake of GPP, I think I'd go with Hunt only because wow. of the, I think the, his ability. I, I like the pass catching backs. That's why I said I like Jones so much. Yeah. And I love Eckler in this one, even against the Browns defense, because I think Eckler's so good. It doesn't matter. They'll use him in the passing game. It'll kind of offset what the Cleveland Browns are really good at. Uh, and I think he's just so good that he's matchup proof. At 7,600, I could see him returning uh, three times easy. Uh, but again, Hunt at 58, I absolutely love. No problem with Chubb. Um, it's just that I think that uh, that Hunt has a you know a few more avenues to contribute. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't go with Herbert. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Mike Williams is priced up a little too high at 7,200. His early season is kind of upped his profile a little too much. Uh, yeah. He still is a touchdown dependent guy. Keenan Allen at 6,500 is, is a bit low, but I think I'll stay off of that. I'll stay off of that stack. I do like Jared Cook quite a bit. Um, he's only 36. Ah, another one of my guys. Yeah, man, 3,600. Uh, last week, uh, he had a pretty decent game at yeah. uh, six, uh, six catches on seven targets, 70 yards. Uh, and a touchdown. And a touchdown. Uh, and he actually, I, I actually, he had, didn't he have another touchdown called back because of an illegal yes, shift? Yes, he did. He is so, an end. I, I mean, that was part of what I liked about him so much. The analysis being that everyone was going to be focusing on the wideouts, and he is enormous. Mm-hmm. He takes up a lot of real estate. He's very hard to box out of the end zone, and Herbert's been looking his way. Yeah. So, yeah, I like, I like both pass catching backs. Uh, I like Han a lot. I like Jared Cook. And what about Eckler? What about Eckler? No, he's he's gotten a heavy load, but I don't know, man. He just had a really big game on the ground. I'm not expecting a repeat there. I I like Eckler. I think people will be off of him. I think he's one of those uh, GPP plays where you can pay up for an elite back. The people will be off for narrative purposes. I think he's just matchup proof because he's not going to be pounding the ball in the middle of the field against the Browns. He'll dance it to the outside. They'll, they'll throw him the ball. Um, you know, you know, they'll, they'll throw outlet passes. I think he'll be absolutely fine. Uh, you know, he, he's a, he's, I don't know. I, I think I kind of said everything I need to there. I think that his pricing lends itself to him being able to return value better than a lot of the guys priced above him. So, I mean, I'd rather go with Aaron Jones. Um, and in this particular right, right. game, I would rather go with Kareem Hunt. Uh, but again, Hunt is holding the backfield with Chubb, whereas Eckler's kind of got is a one man band. So at seventy six hundred, I'm I'm perfectly happy. People look at uh, especially if you're in the large tournaments. People look at Austin Eckler, opponent opponent rank second. And they're like, right. oh no, thank you. It's no, uh, totally not not a thing. Uh, you know, Austin Eckler <laughs> does not run the, he's not Derek Henry. He's not going to try to run the ball up the middle every single play. It's totally separate. So at 7,600. Yeah. I like Austin. Eckler. Yeah, I th- <laughs> well, I, I think well put, and I think your stress on 
pass catching backs can't really be understated. The value of the target is so much greater than the value of the carry. It's really, they're not even close. So yeah, I do see even, you know, listen, Vegas thinks it's going to be close and in a close one, I think in particular, in particular, if Cleveland clogs the line, it, it's a very easy shift for the Chargers to use Eckler as an extension of the run game, just, you know, swing passes and keeping it close to the line of scrimmage. So and, I do think Eckler, let's, I think let's, let's not move on without talking about, uh, again, this probably the steal of the weekend, which he almost was last week, if not for Baker freaking Mayfield and whatever he's up to. He's got like that bum. Uh, I'm scoring right shoulder. now. Don't say it. I'm scoring. Well, Odell Beckham Jr. <sighs> 6,000. I don't know. What did he, what, what did he get missed on four touchdowns? Oh, uh, so, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. My worry is, my worry is not just the Mayfield, the whatever had an off game. Did you see the shoulder news? He's hurt and was wearing a harness. And that's what has me off it this, this week. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. But I think a lot of other people will be off this week too. Odell Beckham, he'll reel in a couple of these. Again, he's 6,000. If you want to go GPP, um, people will be – how, how many times you get an opportunity to get a guy who could have scored four touchdowns? He's 6,000, uh, and he's talented enough to catch bad passes. I'll, I'll give it a whirl. He won't be in my main lineups, but – I definitely won't go. Uh, I will not go bear on uh, Beckham Jr. I will pick one up. Yeah, for, yeah. You know what? For it's funny. You make a good point about target share. So I like to look at target share in the price tiers, and I think he's got the leg up on everybody. Maybe, maybe Jacoby Myers at fifty six has a chance at that same target share. But listen, you know, Beckham with no Landry is basically. I start at, at ten and a half. If I were going over on the targets, 10 and a half is where I'm starting. Well, here, let me, so. let me um, lawyer you a bit here. Uh, <laughs> you say you're, you're one of your favorite picks of the day was Nick Chubb. If you're this much off of Odell Beckham Jr. Cause you think Baker Mayfield's going to be sucking. You really need to get off Nick Chubb <laughs> because well, they absolutely I mean, need Odell Beckham Jr. In this game. If uh, Dick Chubb's going to even have a role and you said you want to bet the Browns. I would bet heavily if you, I'm just saying, just hearing the things that you're saying, um, if I didn't know your stance on the line, I would say you'd be betting the heavy on the chargers to take this one. No, I think I don't, well, I don't think you actually have to succeed in stretching the field to have a successful run game. Well, I think so, you need to, I think you need to have success in the past game a little. Well, I think they're going to stretch. I think Beckham commands the attention. They're going to stretch it regardless. And meaning the way they tried last week, that, the attempts, I believe, are enough to create the space up front for Chubb to move. So, again, it's not – and I don't necessarily think Beckham is bad. I'm a little worried about – you know, I am worried about Mayfield's shoulder and him, you know, having the ceiling game. But that doesn't mean I don't think he can't go seven for 85. You know, but that 15 points is not necessarily what I'm looking for. This might have a lot to do with me not respecting the Vikings last week either. <laughs> yeah. what, the, what the Browns did against them. Yeah, well, that that Viking team you mentioned it before—it's it's tailspinning. The defense is tailspinning. Hey, I got gotcha. you. I like Nick Chubb. I have a lot. I, of I also I want to give you a little credit. You're you're man. You're pretty compelling. It had me, especially the way we're kind of laying out the running back landscape. It it has me backpedaling a bit. You know, Matt. You know me. I'm very malleable. I don't. I don't. I don't. This is me, and this, blah, blah, this is what I do. You know, where we're arguing in the best sense of the term, right? You, you talk healthy, me into starting Ricky Seals Jones, man. We're all healthy. We're all- <laughs> 
we're flexible here. Talk about compelling, right? Are you, are you, oh man, talk about compelling. Yeah, I just I think you make a, I think you make really good points. I think the hunt point is really good. I think the Mayfield point I made also hurts it. Also, and then man, we just mentioned running backs that are getting work. You know that are going to get work in that in that range. You know Robinson is going to get work. So if you didn't stack the Jacksonville pass offense, you should like Robinson. And man, Damian Williams, you know there's going to be work there. And Harris, we mentioned him. Man, even uh, Fournette, you mentioned you made a really good point on Fournette before. Man, I I, I think I'm going to end up getting away from Chubb. And if I don't go Jones, living in that. I'm probably going to live in that high 5K area. All right, let's move it up. we got two more. San Francisco 49ers going to Arizona in the desert. Hey, can I go? Can I go real quick? Yeah, of course. I want nobody in this game. Nobody. I'm not interested in a single player. No way. Nobody. Really? No. Okay, okay. So, so, so. Is the is it that so you're just off of rookie QBs? Yes. So will you at least start Arizona? Hey, I'm, off of rookie, I'm off of rookie QBs and I have a reliable running back as well. But go ahead, ask yeah. a question. Go ahead. Would you start Arizona defense then? Uh yeah. I yeah. But I wouldn't, uh, only because I still I still fear Trey Lance. <laughs> I fear, now, so I fear Trey again. Lance more than I do uh Fields. Right. Oh wait, okay. Now you think the San Francisco defense is able to suppress Arizona, no. or do you think maybe I like maybe we have the same feeling because you mentioned uncertainty in wide receiver rooms? It's kept me off of the Cardinal offense. I mean, I love me some Kyler Murray. Is he just too expensive for you? You don't think he gets to third? Remember, 8,000 people, even the quarterback, needs four times. You think he struggles to get to 32? I think that if I were going to play anyone in this game, it'd be Kyler Murray by himself. Right, I hate right. to play quarterbacks by themselves in DFS, I like to stack. And I mm-hmm. cannot do that with the Cardinals. I refuse to, and I, I I just can't get my head around doing it because DeAndre Hopkins and the lowest target share of his career at 21%, right on his heels, 19% with A.J. Green, right on his heels is Chase yeah. Edmonds as third. And then you have Rondale Moore and then Christian Kirk, who's tied with everyone listening. You know what a big year Christian Kirk is having. He's tied in target share with Max Williams, the tight end. These uh, these guys have six people to throw to in that offense. There is no way. I said this earlier with Tampa Bay. I've said this with any of the teams that have multiple targets. Arizona's the worst. And this has nothing to do with season long. If you have them, sometimes you just have to go with them, even though they're a nightmare there too. Um, I cannot do it. I'm not going to be stacking up uh, Arizona pretty much any week um, because it's never going to make enough sense to me. You, you look at the pricing. Hopkins at 76. No way. Uh, not, I mean, AJ green is literally right there with him for target share. And at AJ green, there's no way at 5,100 I'm paying for him because it could go to Kirk or more. And I can't go with Edmonds because even though he has such a uh, massive lead in targets, he's not getting into the end zone. Cause like I mentioned earlier, James Connor is like sixth or seventh in the entire NFL in red zone carries. So yeah. I love this offense. Uh, and I think he could play so many of them. I think Kyler Murray is a stud, but you know, there's the, uh, too many cooks in the kitchen. I believe that that was invented for the Arizona Cardinals. Like someone went into the future and saw the Cardinals uh, <laughs> offense. And then they went back in time and they created that saying, and that, that's it's, what uh, yeah, it's really well put. I, I think they're suffering from a fantasy aspect, 
from their own specialization, right? Um, Kyler does everything. Edmonds has been really good between the 20s. Connor in the red zone. Hopkins, I believe Hopkins is hurt, and he's still useful. Then Moore and Kirk stretch the field. Moore stretch the field. Kirk can go underneath. And then Green is uh, watching him. At, it's so steady. And it makes sense, right? He's got the experience. He's a veteran. He does not guard the attention he was used to as a one, but still gets enough separation and is in the right place at the right time, making him a viable option. So yeah, for me, it's Murray. And if it's not Murray, it's nothing. But yeah, when you said nobody, I was wondering if you thought maybe San Francisco had some wrinkles for him. The San Francisco D has been pretty good. They've been very good at suppressing, suppressing drives, allowing opponents drives only two and a half minutes. That's like top three or top five. The defensive line, sub four adjusted line yards and sub 220 passing yards. You know, they do a lot of things well. So I was wondering if you thought just maybe 8,000 was too expensive to look for the 32 that Murray's going to need. That's kind of how I feel. What about what about betting? Do you think I don't know if I'm not I'm surprised rookie QB on the road is only a four and a half point dog. This one, I think I'm going to bet the Cardinals with the spread on this one. Yeah, I, I think people want to continue to give San Francisco more credit than they're due on defense and as a yes. whole. They haven't yeah. looked sharp this year at all. I mean, Detroit almost took them down in week one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, and also in DFS, 5,700 for Lance, you know, in the very next game. I don't know why you wouldn't pay up $300 more for Daniel Jones, uh, which I will. That's crazy. Uh, but uh, the, the the line, betting the line worries me a bit because, you know, I think that. Uh, they 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 could try to slow down Kyler a bit. I don't think they will. I think this has blowout written all over it. I think this is the game where everyone's like, oh, the 49ers are bad. <laughs> oh, this is it. Okay, yeah. A statement you know? game. Yeah, it's very, it's very possible. So for me, that's another bet that I'm gonna I'm gonna get on. I'm not a big, I'm usually not big against the spread, but again, Matt, I mentioned doing the math. Cardinals being favored by four and a half, but the money line is at 20. So, you know, those are $25 points. I think the Cardinals win by a touchdown at this one. Um, so yeah, I'm off the yeah, 49ers. Easy, easy. I, easy. I don't I don't understand this at all. Would you even go for the cheap, like I mentioned the cheap GPP play? Do you think I think the Cardinals defense is too good for the 49ers to really do much of anything? So I'm not even I'm not even looking, I wouldn't even waste the three bucks to stack San Francisco. No, I wouldn't. Okay, last no one. one. No one. Hey, by the way, I love all Arizona. They're all talented. It's just too much, yeah. man. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, man, I bet I bet Arizona to win the Super Bowl after week one. I was so impressed. And uh, now they're the last, you know, undefeated team. They look fantastic. They kind of do it all. Yeah, they do it all. And they have like a Swiss Army knife thing about them too. You know, there's different ways that they can operate. It makes them very hard to defend. I'm with you. I don't think San Francisco's that good. You know, it's funny. Whenever I see uh, Kyler Murray, like whenever there's a broken play and he, and he fades out left or right, um, and then he's still looking downfield. I'm always screaming on my TV, just go. There is not a defender that can catch you. You're so fast. Just yeah. run. Just run downfield. Go route. Go, go, go. Yeah, he, he could do more of that. Remember, we haven't really seen them. We've seen them in some shootouts, but they, they tend to really put the gas on in the second half. Minnesota was the only team to keep it close. Remember, they scored at least 31 in every game. Yeah, yeah he's had at least five rushing attempts. You could see that in the game that they're down doubling where he has that ceiling, you know, jail and hurts kind of game. Mm -hmm. um, last game, we're on the five. Let's punch it home, Matt. The Giants, seven-point underdogs on the road against Dallas. 
The Giants are funny. They're one of those teams. I know you and I will often say they're a better real life team than fantasy. The Giants are a better fantasy team than real life. You got to love Daniel Jones. I mean, the pricing is still cheap. He can do a little bit of everything. He just has the rushing floor that he's a viable play. You know, he's the bargain punt QB every single week for me. I don't want to go any cheaper. Again, you mentioned Lance. Those pri- that price is broken. My question for you, Dallas Cowboys. They came out week one shooting, man. They haven't since. What do you make of this? Or do you think they're kind of shifting towards their strengths where now maybe, you know, Dak is fully healthy, Zeke is fully healthy, where they could run a truly balanced offense, which they have. There's a lot of people very disappointed in the wide receiver room there. Not that these guys are bad, but they haven't needed to, and they just have gone a different route. So, Matt, I think I'm off of the Cowboys' offense as being really pro, like really prolific. You know, they've slowed down the pace of play to 28 seconds. They, you know, they take up time and they get yards. And we've seen, you know, uh, Zeke come alive and Pollard also be really effective. So this to me almost feels like Arizona a bit, Dallas. And I don't know if they get to the over. I do think they cover the seven points. But I'm having trouble getting behind anybody in DFS. Zeke because of the threat of Pollard. And then Cooper because of Lamb and just everything you could cross it up. The only player I've really landed on is Daniel Jones. We don't know if Shepard is going to play. Kadarius Toney looked awesome. He he looked like they were starting to entrench him in the game plan. But I got a lot of, yeah, I got a lot of I'm not so sure. I think I'm leaving this one alone. Is there anything that stands out for you in DFS, Matt? Yes. Talk uh, to me. I, I can't get behind this one. I'm waiting for this. Uh, yeah, this is my stack right here. Uh, okay. I, 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 the, the, I mean, not that this is a surprise to anyone, but the Cowboys are allowing 336 passing yards, 27 and a half fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. And Daniel Jones also likes to run. Give me that rushing floor as well. Only 6,000. I'm stacking him up with, again, my favorite thing to do is pass is to stack a quarterback with a pass catching running back to Saquon, who looks like himself. He yeah. looks so good. Not only is he uh, is he running the ball, um, you know, putting a, a, at least fifty yards on the ground the last three weeks, finding the end zone uh, a couple of times last week, but he's also seen at least um, he's seen six and seven targets, five and six receptions the last couple of games, seventy four yards in the air last week. I think that he is good to go. I love stacking him up with Daniel Jones and maybe Kadarius Tony, which. If you didn't watch last week's highlights, I highly suggest you do, everybody. This guy is like a running back out there uh, yeah. in midfield, like after he catches the ball. It is uh, it is truly something to watch. Um, Kenny, Hall- Kenny Galladay is, is definitely the guy who's going to see the most targets. Um you but, think so? Even with Dick, I think I think he might get the Diggs treatment now, man. It's yeah, it's possible. Like I said, I think that he is the guy that uh, is the number one on the team. But I think that yeah, he will be getting. Uh, he will be out. He'll be getting the dig stream in which I think you go with Jones, you go with Barkley, you go with Tony at only 4,700. I absolutely love that. Uh, on the Dallas side, Zeke's probably be probably a fine play. I think that um, CD lamb is probably going to bounce back one of these days. So I think in a GPP at only 6,200 again, Amari Cooper, 6,100 CD at 62. I could throw them in there and just hope for, uh, you know, you, you can kind of like hope for the best because there's no reason they can't uh, score against the Giants. Uh, you know what I mean? And I, the thing for me is I expect the Giants to keep this close. 
I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants won. I I like the really? Giants. I think they've looked That's good. That's a shock. I no, think they got some. Shock. I think they you got not some being com- shocked is a shock. I think they got some confidence coming out of that overtime win. I think that they, you know, the the Giants always hang around. That's their thing. Never good, but they always kind of like hang around and they kind of get better. Cowboys was at verse minus seven. Uh, yeah, seven correct. Division games. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are. Packers versus freaking Bears. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's always tight division games, and that's also why I think the passing game struggled versus Philly. It's a division game, so I think that this game will be a lot closer than people think. I think I'd actually bet the Giants in this one, and I like to stack it up. I think that this this could be a, a decent game, and you know from what I said last week, I think the Dallas defense is underrated because uh, from a fantasy standpoint, because they are rushing around like crazy, but they can, they can certainly be exploited. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I do, I, I think that uh, this is going to be closer. I think the giants can hang in this one, uh, possibly hang in there to try to win it. I uh, wouldn't Woo! like, I, I wouldn't like, you know, be betting the house on it or anything no, but like that. You don't have to plus two sixty, plus two sixty, is how you make money betting in football. Because you don't have to bet a lot at all, and you're going to almost triple your money if they pull this off. That at some point, I hadn't really thought. I hadn't really thought about that. I think maybe I bought into the Dallas, the Dallas defense. They they seem to have gotten better. Um, they seem to have gotten better every week. They do. Well, everybody, let's just don't Carolina take this as a theory. Take this as take. Don't take this as a theory. Take this as a fact. Not that I'm saying it is, but just in your mind, Saquon Barkley's back, and he's Saquon Barkley. Put just mark that in your head as fact. Now reevaluate what you think of this game, and that's kind of where I'm coming from because I think Saquon Barkley is back. Oh, uh, he looks amazing. Let me ask so, you a question about the giant wide receiver room. You mentioned Tony again. I'm going to mention it for the hundredth time. I watched that entire game, and they had mentioned it early on. Oh, you know the Giants are talking about getting Tony the ball. He was firmly entrenched in the offense. In fact, just watching it, if you didn't know who was who, I probably thought he was the one on that team. They went to him early. They went to him often. It was in every down. I mean, it was it was pretty it was pretty impressive, really. The question is is Shepard. If he did not practice yesterday, so it's still up in the air. If Shepard's playing, does that knock you off, Tony? Because that's when right that'll get us back into that uncertainty argument, Matt. Yeah, uh, my 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 confidence in starting Tony is completely based on Shepard and Slayton not playing in this game. Okay, okay, yeah, me me too. I'm I'm worried about I'm worried about Galladay and Diggs. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go that route to the one. I mean, again, not that you you really can't just bank on those things, and I get it. But he's been really good, and those stats have been there. Dallas has been very tough. Here, check this out. The Dallas pass defense allowed has been very skewed. And the number one has not done well. Seven targets, 70 yards. The number two, 11 targets and 80 yards. And then tight ends and running backs. Maybe that's where, man, maybe I need to reevaluate Barkley again, Matt. Cowboys D allowing nine targets and 60 yards. Those are both near the bottom, if not the bottom. Mm -hmm. Man, maybe Barkley is maybe Barkley and, and Jones is an interesting stack. Absolutely. Barkley there. 7,300. Jones is 6,000. Absolutely. That's not bad. That's not bad. And you meant, you know, I, I think people, I think there's going to be a bunch of people overbuying the Cowboys D that, yes, they're improving. 
But when you're really bad, you could just be improving towards the middle, right? Just because they're improving doesn't mean they're shut down is what we're getting at. And you mentioned, no, we both mentioned there's a hole in that game in the secondary on one side, man. I wonder if that's a good one. I'm going to get into that one as well. I, I wouldn't be touching the cover. I don't like to go for a touchdown in the divisional games. What do you think about the 52? So the, the market's expecting a lot. You know, 52 is probably the highest score on the board here. So it's going to attract a lot of a lot of ownership. Hmm. Yeah, I think I, we I can think go over here, 28-28. I, I, I hate betting over-unders, but, yeah, I think the over here is uh, – I mean, based on what I'm projecting, I'd say the over – Seems safe, <laughs> uh, which it never is. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I can't, you know, every single, I mean, I, we even talk about Dalton Schultz who has found the end zone three times the last couple of weeks. Uh, there's not a single player that has a bad matchup in this game on offense. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be scoring not to mention that, you know, the, again, the Dallas defense is a uh, loves to uh, take the ball away. We could see defensive touchdowns, uh, kind of turn it up in this game as well. So, uh, yeah, I expect this to be high scoring. But, again, it's a, it's a vision game. Division games can get ugly. Um, and, uh, therefore, you know, I don't really like to bet them too much. But, yeah, I will be betting the Giants. I like them to go over in this one. All right. Awesome job, Matt. That was everything on the Sunday main slate for DFS. And we did it all, man. A little season long and some betting. We like to cover it. We like to cover it all here. There we go. I like to bury, bury, bury this at the end of the show, a lineup for everybody to, to play. Like I Oh, yes, do. do it. DraftKings is what you want to do. Stack Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and Kadarius Tony. That's going to cost you 6,073,000 and 4,000 to stack up the three Giants. At the other running back position, Damian Harris at Houston, 5,500. I'm going to pair him with Jacoby Myers at 4,500 uh, in my flex. I have him down there. Um, my other two wide receivers to go with Tony are AJ Brown, standalone Tennessee at Jacksonville. And on the other side, Jacksonville at Tennessee, LaVisca Chanel at only 4,800. TJ Hawkinson at 5,500 for tight end. And then at DST, I had a bunch of money left over and I did not want to move up at all on any of my players because I love them all. So I just paid up for the Buccaneers at Miami, who I think are screwed. Wow. That, that sounds that sounds pretty good. I was like scrambling trying to trying to trying to mimic it. I guess I could just I guess I could just um listen back. I was trying to put one together. I was trying to put one together either. I don't know if I could go to um if I go to Ricky, if I go to Ricky Seals Jones, man. That really is but it's funny if you go all the way down there, people. You can, if you want to go those... with Ricky Seals Jones uh and take out Chenault or Tony. Um, you know, you, you can, you can pay up for another quality wide receiver. I decided I wanted to go with like Myers, um, and in, in my flex instead of Ricky seals Jones, cause I had double tight end. But if you want to throw in someone like that, you can, you can pay up big for uh, another really good player. I, I had a question for you something I think I, we, we should tack on cause we do all this DFS stuff. Do you, do you have a favorite bargain defense before we get out of here? Bargain defense. Let me take a look real quick. Yeah. Uh, so I generally call it, let's say under 3000. Now, granted, I think the Buccaneers and the Patriots are the clear defensive edges, but man, the difference between 49 and 29, that 2000 can get you like an elite player on, on offense. So the, probably the best defense like by skill, again, that's what I was talking about before. It's probably the Bengals. Not that you want to go after Green Bay, but the Bengals are probably the best defense by skill. Uh, at 2,700, I think I'd take the Chargers at home versus the Browns, where if Baker Mayfield truly 
is going to have a tr- problem throwing the ball. Uh, that could certainly lead to some turnovers. Um, and if they're going to stack the box against uh, Nick Chubb to make it a little easier on themselves, that one could just be lower scoring in general. So uh, I think at 2,700, I kind of dig the Chargers. Well, that, that's a that's a pretty good one. I just put together a I just put together a beast of a lineup because Ricky, you know, because Ricky Seals Jones is just so it's just so tempting to just need that um that ten point that ten point floor. Man, it really it's something that I really it's just something that I think everyone has to that I think everyone has to has to think about. Um yeah, okay. So I think that'll I think that'll do it, man. I think we got a little bit of I think that was a little bit of something for for everybody. Um, I'll see you at the green screens on Sunday. We you take us out. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to uh, I guess the week five edition of the Daily Blitz podcast. Woo-hoo. If you have any questions about anything we talked about, follow me on Twitter, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. John, where they can track you down. At M-L-B-M-O-V-I-N-G-A-V-G, or if you just type in NFL moving averages, you'll find my stuff. And again, just if you look through the timeline, I put out these really cool sheets for everybody. All the information is on one page. Again, it's not everything, but it is a nice little cheat sheet. Uh, Right? I mean, these things... These things do kind of help. Now, I, <laughs> man, I got Lawrence Jones, Barkley Brown, Chenault, Marvin Jones, Seals Jones, DJ Moore in the same lineup. If you want to get the worst hey, DST, so. <laughs> by the way, if you want to still get a good DST with the Buccaneers, I took out Chenault and um, and uh, Jacoby Myers out of my lineup. Out of the uh, that's the wide receiver and flex. I right. threw Ricky Seals Jones in as my flex. And I was able to upgrade Chanel to Justin Jefferson. Wow. That, so now and I, I have, really like Chanel, but that's a true upgrade. So, so I think, Matt, I, that's a perfect way to go out, people, with, to think about, again, all Jones needs, five for 50. He's he. I think he was on the field for every single snap. So, yeah, that's my pathway. Absolutely. All right, everybody. <laughs> We've run over <laughs> like we always do. Uh, yes. Hopefully enjoy NFL Sunday. If you have any questions, no, reach out to me and John on Twitter. See you, everybody. <laughs> This is the blitz, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, infinity shares, ripping off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list is Mad Will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up facade, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz.